Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we crack open Batman and Robin 1 by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely, I want to bring up Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. All those local lending libraries that every neighborhood seems to have, we are asking all of our viewers to uh, put your comp copies into those local lending libraries. Put those doubles in those local lending libraries. Let's try to make some new comic book readers by people who are already looking for books to read. And we're going to do that the last Saturday in July. So Cartoonist Kayfabe, Comic Book Christmas in July at your local neighborhood lending library. And uh, print out a sheet that, that tells people where they can find more comics if they like what you uh, stock that local lending library with. I list our local library system, comic book stores, bookstores, whatever, wherever you find your comics, uh, give them a heads up, help out these uh, hopefully new comic book readers. And if you want to plug Cartoonist Kayfabe where they can hear about more comics, please do so. Also, we ask you all to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Next to that subscribe button is a little bell icon. Hit that and you will be notified when we post a new video. It'll give you a leg up on the Kayfabe effect. That means when we do a video and there's a comic book on there that you want to add to your collection, you'll be the first one to know about it and the first one hitting these uh, secondhand comic outlets to pick that up. The kayfabe effect means that sometimes these books go up in price or they disappear altogether, so you want to be the first one in line, and that's why you hit the notification button and let the video play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share it with other comics fans who haven't found cartoonist kayfabe yet. It's how we grow the channel, and we appreciate your help on that. So, Ed... Let's dive into Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin. Grant Morrison, it was big news whenever he took over uh, writing Batman, wrote Batman for several years, and I think this is near the culmination of that run with uh, Batman and Robin, new new comic book launching, and with uh, Frank Quitely coming on board to illustrate this series. Uh, these guys had worked together previously on All-Star Superman to much celebration uh, with good cause. We have a video looking at those, some of the best Superman comics I can recommend. And um, why not get the team back together? I was pretty excited whenever this was announced. I like both of these creators, so uh, why not put them on a new Batman book? And uh, sure, you I'll be game. You, st you start these series off strong. You get Frank Whiteley in to do three issues, five issues, whatever. Whatever he can, he can manage. You know, you start it off strong, and then you bring in your your next artist and like you have your diminishing returns at, at, at that level. But, uh, it was a popular move, you know, to like have these guys start off. But, uh, the, the rigor in Frank Whiteley's work, unsustainable to any sane human being month after month after month. So you got to give this dude a, some lead time. Yeah, absolutely. I always wonder, like, uh, you know, we, we look at first issues, and I always think, like, how that cover stands out, what's a good first issue launch. Like the yellow, obviously, bright, flat, would stand out maybe on a wall of new comics. Um, nothing particularly fresh there, maybe with the exception of Damien as Robin, who I guess is Bruce Wayne's son in this uh, continuity <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So, and Dick Grayson under the uh, Batman cowl. Yeah, there's all this stuff going on that I guess you got to go ahead and read some old... Uh other Batman comics to figure it out. But uh, what I was able to sort of guess is that little Damien is, the mom is that Ra's al Ghul's daughter chick mm -hmm. and uh, Bruce Wayne. And it was always foregone that Bruce Wayne is toast, then Dick Grayson is to take the mantle. Uh, it seems like this Damien character is an exercise to try to make an 
Robin that's even more unlikable than Jason Todd. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing the phone lines uh, aren't, aren't, aren't a thing anymore. Might have an internet vote on him. There'd be some infanticide. And we hit the ground running. Very first panel, action and uh, motion. We know that because all four tires are off the ground. Notice the sound effects. Oh, yes. Quitely draws a bunch of these sound effects. And we'll see a few examples in this issue of, of, uh, of his drawings of those. It's one of those things, man, where uh, you know what the fucking Richard Starking font mm -hmm. like sound effects are going to be. And uh, the unfortunate thing is that it just is like cost prohibitive to like do real lettering in comics any longer. Like Patrick Brozo is a, a great hand letterer, but... It just isn't worth their time to, to, to like make fresh, dope sound effects that integrate with the artwork that well. So Quitely knows that. I'm in favor of this. You know, I I, yeah. I want the artist to try to integrate that stuff, and uh, and it looks cool here. And you know, it's he's such a uh, I don't want to say a minimalist, but his ability to sort of like do these strange angles and tell a story effectively. It's what I think of that separates him from, from your average comic book artist. I think this is all pencil. Yes. I don't think it, it has ink to it. Uh, we sat with Frank when we were doing the Akira Volume 5, going through that book. These light streaks with the tail lights that's a very Otomo-ish thing to do. And also integrating sound effects with artwork is a manga thing to do. Yeah. And look at the room he leaves for the colorist, who I think is Alex Sinclair. Yeah. Who I know from, I believe, Jim Lee and Wild Storm. I think that is where uh, Alex comes from. Yeah. So a history of kind of this cutting-edge color. And that's a wild two-page spread. It is. Again, a little minimalist, a little bit of Batman shapes in some of these negative spaces, and your cars, tires. I mean, this is two flying vehicles, Ed. It is. And <laughs> and uh, there might not be a million lines on the page, but quietly, quietly puts them all where they're supposed to be. Like, when he builds these cars, they are built really, really well. He gives, like, one pass with that technical pencil mm -hmm. you know he get you get one line and it's this clean super clean confident line i wonder how that works like i know that he uses some blue line uh underneath so that you get one clean crisp swoop i've said it a million times on here in different ways the colorist is now your anchor and i think that like quietly's that one line is really the setup for the colorist that's really the collaborative move that you're getting from from the, the artist uh, you know, credited as artist here, but it really is this team work, and it's almost like those lines are designed to maximize Alex Sinclair's strength. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> like uh, at this point, it's like why fight it? You know, these fucking colors. That's exactly it. That's how I would describe be, that. They're they're, they're going to be lighting it however they feel like lighting it anyhow. So uh, have at it. Fighting it's the right phrase i mean that's what it looks like that's what it looks like for decades yeah is like you're going back and forth between the digital rendering and the inking uh here's another example of the quietly lettering sound effects genius yeah really great. and he's like lead he, like leading the missile like it has that great physics you know like he he really thinks this stuff through yeah it's, it's very dynamic even though it looks kind of like straightforward and this is how you do your two-page spread with multiple panels. It is. Because clearly, that's the panel across two pages, easy to read. Which panel do you read next? Again, two-page spread, easy to read. And now you break it up, but where else could you go but to this panel yeah. and then this panel? Yeah. That's something I, uh, I see so much of when it's multiple panels across a two-page spread. It's often hard to 
dicey proposition because that is the exact thing that like your civilian friend, your girlfriend, your wife, whatever, uh, will be like. I don't know how to read comics. Like I heard that phrase. I don't know how to read comics. And like I've been reading some some monthly comics for pleasure, and I get to these sections, and I'm like, oh, it's one of these. Like, yeah, where do you read? Yeah, I think that a lot. It's something I'm conscious of because I've heard my wife say that yeah. <laughs> enough times. And we get our our, uh, our Damien attitude. Never use real names in the field. Your words. You, I mean, you hope that at the end of Grant Morrison's thing, this kid gets his face ripped off and gets <laughs> a little Cupid uh, doll head put on, right? It is interesting because from a wrestling standpoint, it feels like he's that's what you're getting set up for. Kind of a kind of unlikable at this stage. Yeah, maybe he'll become the great supervillain. I think it's noteworthy that this Toad character is your bad guy to start this out, because that feels not like what I think of with DC Comics. Yeah. You know, that feels much more like Marvel Mutant or something, that this character actually looks like a Toad, the lizard, you know, something like that. A lot of motion, too. You know, I think that's something Quietly does well throughout this issue. Yeah, more of that Otomo influence with the taillights. So if you see something great, like, you got to steal it. You got to take it. Um, your splash lettering effects. Again, I think that's drawn by Quietly. No, oh, yeah. And it looks like our uh, our Toad character, man. He's going to he's going to try to get free. He thinks he's hard to be caught, and uh, he's on his way out. And we're referencing Pig. This Pig character had better be pleased. Yeah, it could be Pike at this <laughs> at this moment. You don't know. Fair enough. And the double knockout punch whenever he gets to the top. It's a great storytelling piece, man. Uh, nobody catches Toad if Toad doesn't want to be. You see the boots there, you turn the page, and then you get a fucking zip-bang-pow, Adam West, Burt Ward fucking set of punches. Where's our sound effect here, Frank? Shouldn't there be a, uh, a, I mean, a, a, a pow And there? of course, like that's where Patrick Brozio like, should come in with like the... See, this is what you get. If you don't fucking letter it on your own, you know, you just, you know, a 30 point font fucking hit the A button or whatever that is. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I think that Toad character looks really good knocked out there on the edge of the dock. I think that dock looks really good for that matter. You know, like I'm so used to the old 70s comic book dock of like the wooden planks. That looks like a cement dock. Yeah. Like a big, you can picture that being, you know, 20... 20 feet above the water or something, like a big heavy-duty dock. Yeah, you soften your focus. Uh, it, you, it's it's Sinclair who's giving you the most of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like I say, a lot of this line art to me is making room for your collaborator. Making them look good. Putting some shine on your colorist. And then uh, how do you torture some information out of, out of uh, this toad? Blindfold him and pretend that he's several stor- stories above, uh, a couple few hundred feet above Gotham City. And then our reveal is just a few inches off the uh, the rooftop. Batman doesn't kill people. Back in the day when ads were in comics, how about that, huh? <laughs> they had enough of a of a footprint. And now we're back in our Batcave, and uh, you can see things are like covered up, and, and Alfred's there trying to maybe uncover a little bit with Dick Grayson, and they're talking about he always knew, uh, you know, if something happened to Bruce, this was going to be the role that he would step into. It almost makes me wonder what happened to Bruce, but I don't care enough to go read. <laughs> 
And and by the way, comics is so broken, you wouldn't know where to read. That's like, true. Like, I you, couldn't tell you. Like, like you don't know. Oh, what. go check this part out. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea where to read about. They that. don't even do the um, like the old editor note trick at the bottom. That's funny. I never thought of that. You're so right. <laughs> You'd have to have not just like Batman issue 650. It'd have to be like volume one. <laughs> and there's probably like 17 issues that you would need to read. This is fun under the uh, the the Wayne core. I don't know what his business is. Sure. But under the Wayne building is like the, uh, I guess, the updated Batcave, right? All the technology at their fingertips That's there. That's at like Lucius Fox, you know, the Morgan Friedman room where, mm-hmm. he, where he creates that machine that can uh, snoop on everybody. And somehow Alfred is still there. Poor Alfred. Like he really didn't do much with his potential in life. No, he's so loyal to the Wayne. And even when the Waynes are dead, he's still there. Dude, this is the days of the Wii. When, uh-huh. when it was like motion sensitive controls where you hold... You Stand know, there and box in place. If only like YouTube videos and stuff were like a little more <laughs> ubiquitous. Because right now you can go down a rabbit hole of watching like elderly people with Oculus riffs on their heads and shit. And fucking falling and running into walls and getting scared and tripping over. I would have loved to have seen the Wobbles man with the punch out. That's funny. Hey, you know what's great on this page? There's a lot. The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings 1 through 4 is in stores now while supplies last. Every Red Room comic is self-contained story, so whatever issue your comic shop has is a great place to start. There's also Red Room, the antisocial network, collecting the first season of Red Room, available now wherever comics are bought and sold. Except for 28 countries where it is banned and about 10 comic shops where it's banned. But you can still request it. They can still get it for you. And you can pick up Hulk Grand Design by me. Two double-sized issues retelling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk in one coherent story. Featuring my art, writing, color, letters. uh, The Grand Design treatment, so to speak. So pick these comics up wherever you buy comics and support Cartoonist Kayfabe. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Heading to San Diego Comic-Con. Get ready to see Scott Snyder himself by brushing up on your favorite Snyder comics with Comixology Unlimited. With Comixology Unlimited, you get unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, graphic novels, and manga titles, featuring content from over 125 publishers and thousands of independent creators from around the world, including exclusive titles from Scott Snyder. And if that's not enough, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. Try Comixology Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial. For details, visit comixology.com slash unlimited. One, I like how it's almost Chris Ware, this technique of having your, your panel call-outs to yeah. the different parts of the building. It reminds me of the cross-sections of like the old Fantastic Four comics where you'd see the Baxter building and all the levels of stuff, uh, but updated. You know, It's very contemporary-looking, but that's, that's kind of what I see here. It's pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah, Quietly thinks out of these pages, man. He's real solid with that. Four pages for that punch-out ad. <laughs> I don't know if we get four pages of uninterrupted comics. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, man. Little Damien. Calls him Pennyworth. Seems kind of disrespectful towards Alfred. Very He's dismissive. a little, little Lord Fauntleroy, you know? Little privileged fuck. Chicken and jalapeno sandwiches. That sounds good. Yeah, sure. I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> and uh, whenever he's not sure about wearing Batman's 
crown and how that how that feels damien's quick to be like if you're not up to it stand aside dick grayson <laughs> stolen valor i was bred for the job it's kind of like when we were walking around with them stan hansen fucking <laughs> Rivera steakhouse jackets that's right <laughs> he's even a kind of ugly he, like he looks like a little like a mutant or something like got that little whoville upturned nose yeah these two don't seem too impressed by him this series, like, I used to pull these issues. This is when I was on DC's comp list, so I, I got all these. And, um, man, they're good. What does, like, what like does, this whole run is good. What does Quietly pull does, mean? What does... Well, I wouldn't keep all of them. Like, yeah, you get a I just gigantic, want you to say that. Oh, yeah, you'd get a gigantic <laughs> box, and I'd go through, and it'd be the stuff that I would keep. Uh, but this was a series that was really awesome in that in that time frame. So you see Toad has been captured now. After he was dropped on the rooftop, I guess they must have called the police in on him. So he's picked up. But he's not deterred. The city will belong to us soon. And I feel like this is like slight nod to Dark Knight Returns with those weird Cupid dolls. Or no, or even... It could be. Or even, um... No, not not Dark Knight Returns, but uh, Killing Joke. With those like... It's like grown-up versions of those Cupid dolls that uh, fuck up Jim Gordon. Those like little kinky... You know, little people. It it probably is like part of Morrison's Batman run, from what I remember, was he they they really went through like the whole history of Batman, and they were referencing all kinds of stuff, Silver Age stuff, Golden Age stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if everything in here, you know, if you knew what you're looking at, that they are references to various bits of Batman history and lore. Like this depiction of gotham city too that feels like a different gotham city like much more maybe a tokyo influence yeah. or something more high-tech and current right than like the gothic style yeah art deco right although there's still some of that too it is it is uh quietly being thoughtful and probably doing more development than he got paid for sure which seems like his modus operandi just you know think this stuff through deeply and then it, you create a richer piece of work Man, I was joking about not having four pages of sequential comics. Well, well, we've got six right. coming up. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's sad whenever the joke seems like it might be true. We have uh, Gordon running the bat signal every night looking for Batman, and your cops in the background talking about how like had to happen eventually. This almost looks like that like side character to in the Adam West show that was with Commissioner Gordon. That almost looks like that guy. Has to be an accident, right? <laughs> It's so close, man. I just think of Morrison, and, and th that's a detail they're into. You know, like like referencing everything, noting everything, having something call back to everything. This is a pretty great splash. They look cool. I see so many of those videos of uh, dudes in squirrel suits jumping off cliffs. Yeah. And this is like, in our earlier conversation, we were looking at that Brian Talbot Arzac, mm -hmm. and the, we were ma making note that like there were all these birds, but like there was no overlap, and it felt wrong because like you would just never see that. And there you go, you get a little overlap, and and I don't think because this is a big space, like yeah. you could easily give them each their own piece. But you see, he's even overlapping that, so like by doing so, it creates depth. But it, I feel like when you're composing, like it feels wrong to do, but it's totally the right move. Because, you know, all these pieces are connected when they don't have to be. There's all this negative space, but he's creating depth that way. It's just, it's just, it's the same conversation, like this thing that I'm trying to figure out that I just need somebody to clearly explain it to me. 
I also think it's telling the characterization that you're seeing in these visuals. Mm -hmm. Dick Grayson, much more measured, been there, done that. He's been superheroing for years. He's an adult, doesn't have maybe all the hormones racing through his veins. Not so with Damian Robin. Like, it is just on. That guy looks like a missile heading towards whatever, whatever's coming when I turn this page. He is out in front and eager for the fight. <laughs> and that's cool, too. Then the human decoy, like, Pepin's like, yeah, go, go get shot over here so that I can <laughs> go do what we're really supposed to do. The human decoy. And then they accidentally sprinkled in a couple pages of new X-Men into, uh into the comic yeah some extras i like that it's kind of the same cops from upstairs come racing out either that or quietly's drawn all the cops is like fat a little rotund <laughs> they ate a donut or two i guess if batman's in your city maybe the cops get to take it easy they all got that cartoonist muffin top though you know where you grow in the middle hmm maybe maybe reference cartoonists make and this guy is like we got to get out of here something's gone wrong He's some sort of criminal. We don't get all the details. We just know that he's got to get out of here uh, because uh, Uncle Uncle Lev, who hooked them up with this job, and whenever he opens the door to make their f- to flee, Uncle Lev's face is pressed against that door, followed by the gang. And we're going to see our uh, pig character, and I'll call him Pig now because yeah, he's clearly a pig if the mask fits. And that is pretty disturbing looking. The mask, like the way he's bound, like it feels like quietly thought that part through which is always disturbing like when you have there's there's these conan comics man like i talk about that like we're like busema creates these torture devices and you look at it and it's like holy shit like i really think this thing could be built yeah if you look closely it's like if he pulls on his hands he's choking himself right and and pretty much just making it tighter so yeah it is it's really well drawn wonder if that's reference that's included in the script it feels like something that could be a part of it. But that pig is horrible looking, and whenever he looks like a normal guy in a pig mask, it's almost when he's at his worst. Yeah, we're going to Motel Hell. Yeah. Some kind of face that's being put on top of him. Gets to be part of the gang. It's then, Uncanny Valley, too. It's like a human face. It's just a little bit distorted. Totally. Like, it, it's it's the great scenes in uh, Texas Chainsaw when, when that stuff is done. and And then you get your first clear views of like these other faces and you could see like on previous there are like little details around the eyes and stuff, but it just looks like maybe a weathered kind of person, but like he quietly really sells. Like he even had some more sag to the faces when you see it here after, after you see what that shit is about. Yeah. Very grotesque and disturbing. And then just that little cock to the head, you know, like we learned that from the shape, AKA Michael Myers in those movies, you just cock that head to the side a little bit. It adds a little bit more tension to the moment because it's like a question mark. Like what's going on in that person's mind? They're like inquisitive and it's like, are they having second thoughts or are they trying to figure out just how they will dismember me? Yeah, really disturbing. That guy's so vulnerable, too, in that prone position. Just flat and helpless. And then, as if this isn't enough, we have one more page. So let's talk about what we're going to do to your daughter next. Yeah. Very disturbing. And that thing of, like, leave it up to the mind of the reader. We don't see it being done, but we can imagine what's coming next. A little preview, too. This is kind of neat for a next... It feels like an updated contemporary version of, you know, next issue. Yeah. 
Yeah, turn the page for an exclusive preview, and then you get this, but I bet they wanted you to have this on the very next page. Yeah, this is your same font as the uh, next stuff. And also, this doesn't really tell me anything. It's like the Red Hood, we'll get some of that. I guess this means Damien's going to go it, go it alone. Like, we couldn't have guessed that. Um, Batwoman is going to be in the mix, and uh, somebody's getting the keys to Batman or... Yeah, and and uh, what is this? Yeah, oh yeah, right, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Oh, is that the ghost of Bruce Wayne? La Lava Batman? Is that ba Batman coming out of the um, the Lazarus pit? <laughs> right. Oh, shit, you might be right, man. Yeah, I mean, he. it's not like uh, Bruce Wayne isn't alive now, right? Oh, I have no comes fucking Comes back clue. somehow. Yeah, I'm Yeah, sure. I don't know who the keys, I don't know who that person is. Is that Huntress? I don't know. Guess you gotta read the comics. How <laughs> yeah. about that? Uncle Shelton putting some ducats down, dude. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We were probably at that show. 2009, oh, yeah. like, Definitely. Heroes was on my uh, on my tour. Yeah, that circuit. was like... I'll give it a second chance, because that 2008 show was a little dicey, and then it was like, multitudes better, just because different expectations, and you built your audience more on that 2008 show. This is really... Like, this whole text plug is for heroes and like who dc you know who will be there including this editor it's a shame this isn't doesn't happen more you know you always like we read these uh wizards and stuff and it's how do you get work and it's like you gotta go go hobnob with an editor but there's very few places to do it this was a time when that was still happening and uh, i kind of wish that still existed that these companies had a little more presence at a big show like heroes right but kind of kind of a uh i'm pretty happy with that as a first issue that's an issue that would lead me to read issue two. Absolutely, man. And I did. And I read the next issue. But then when Frank Quietly's done, it's like, uh, I'll just follow Frank. He does a good bit in this first run. I think he ends up with maybe, I don't know, nine nine issues out of that first year, maybe. It's, yeah. it's pretty sustained. And I wonder if they had more lead time there, because that was a criticism I remember for the new X-Men, where like he only did, I think, three issues, and then there was a break, and it was really inconsistent. And I think... I think that the way that was uh, set up ahead of time, maybe there wasn't enough lead time. It's a good move, man. But man, when you start doing these monthly comics, I had that idea with Red Room, like, I'm going to do monthly comic. It's like, I really need a year's worth of issues lead time because every 30 days, it's a fresh month and and your lead time is shrinking more and more and more as just life uh, yes. is, is a part of the, and the game. Once the books are out, you're selling them. Like, that's a right. huge amount of the time that... You just don't think about at least yeah. I don't think about now I do but you know when I first planned on making comics that was not a uh, a time piece that I was budgeting for yeah good stuff man you good yes all right K favors like follow subscribe to the YouTube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available cartoonist K Fabe comic book Christmas in July is the very last July the the very last Saturday this month in July and we want you to take your comic book doubles and Spread those around town in those free little lending libraries uh, that we have set up all over uh, all over our towns and countries and cities or whatever. I guess it's a pretty American thing. A lot of European people are like, oh, I never knew about this, man. Like, this is a cool thing. We should we should have this here. Jimmy, what's out there? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness. Two 40-page double-sized issues retelling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, perfect for first-time Hulk readers or long-time Hulk fans. I'm writing, drawing, lettering, coloring, giving it the grand design treatment. Uh, also, you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see more of my original art, my process, and you can download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. 
Red Room Trigger Warnings, trade paperback, going to be in stores in uh, September. It's my 10th solo book. Scoop it up. Uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of, of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, it's a good companion piece to Red Room, the Antisocial Network. The art chops have increased uh, exponentially, man. Learned a lot after uh, drawing those first four Red Room comics. Every issue completely self-contained. If you see one, scoop it up, give it a shot. You're going to get a full story. Uh, it's banned in more than 28 countries, banned in more than 10 comic shops. So if that's the case for you, you got to go to my uh, link tree in the description below this video and uh, order, pre-order your comics that way through the Fantagraphics website or uh, check out my Patreon and you can read the comics that way. Three bucks for the archive there. Put up new strips every Tuesday. More than 250 pages up there as we speak. What else, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.